0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Tech... Educator Podcast. My name is Jeff Bradbury from TeacherCast.net. It is Sunday night at 7 o'clock Eastern. Thank you so much for joining us today. We have a great show planned for you talking all about green screens and some of the great stuff that you can do in your classroom. Of course, there's several ways that you can contact and be a part of the Tech Educator Podcast. We certainly love it when you check out our website, TechEducatorPodcast.com where you can find all of our great videos, audio, and of course subscribe to us on YouTube at TechEducatorPodcast.com Slash YouTube. We're talking a lot about green screens today, but first I want to bring in our co-hosts and see uh, what they've got going on. Jeff, how are you today? How are things going at Instructional Tech Talk?
1: Uh, I'm doing very well, Jeff. Thanks. Things are going great at Instructional Tech Talk. We were putting up some new content this past week uh, and released the next episode of the podcast. I did something a little bit different this past week, though. Um, I released it to the people that are subscribed to my mailing list first so I could give them some good support because it's all about how to get started with uh, your online spaces in the classroom. And so I emailed the link out to them um, just so that they had a little bit of prime opportunity to ask me questions, and I give them a little bit of a thanks for following the work that I've done over the past you know, year or two. So uh, that will be coming up live for everyone else starting next week, and if you're interested in getting it now, you can head on over to my website, and uh, if you sign up, it gets emailed to you right away. So Nice. Kind of a different distribution idea this time. Just kind of see how it goes.
0: Nice. And uh, yeah. congratulations for that. I mean, there's a lot of great stuff over there. If you haven't been over there yet, instructionaltechtalk.com. And, of course, Jeff, where's your Twitter address that we can all find you at? Uh, it's at INST Tech Talk. Excellent. And I want to also welcome our other co-host from the great state of California, fresh off of EdCamp San Francisco Bay, Mr. Sam Patui Patterson. Sam, how are you today?
2: I'm amazing, Jeff. Glad to be here with you.
0: How was EdCamp yesterday? I'm doing well.
2: EdCamp was amazing. There was about 250 people at Hillsdale High School, and we had sessions that ran most of the day with coffee and food and craziness and just really enthusiastic teachers. And, uh, yeah, just... An amazing experience. It's hard for me to believe that it was just a year ago that I really started working as a connected educator and started really talking to people and getting connected.
0: Nice, nice. And uh, what were some of the sessions that you ran, or what did, what did you see there?
2: Uh, there was a really great session about flipped class instruction. Cheryl Morris ran that conversation and talked to everybody about flipping from literally kindergarten through twelfth grade. Uh, there was a really great uh, Ed Camp kind of standard session called Things That Suck, which uh, is a critical discussion about different parts of being a teacher, and then I got to run a session that was all about puppets and creativity in the classroom.
0: Nice. Nice, nice, nice. nice. So everybody, welcome to the Tech Educator Podcast. We are here live every single Sunday night at 7 o'clock. And of course, you can check us out every single week over at Tech Educator Podcast, and we follow the hashtag Tech Educator. There's of course some great stuff happening this week over at TeacherCast. We're going to be at EdCamp Leadership tomorrow, having a great time in North Jersey at Kane University. We just had two great appearances last week. Um, We were featured on the EduSlam show, which is a a great show f- featuring uh, some Google certified teachers and some other great uh, educators out there. So you can go to blog.teachercast.net and check out that. And then over here, we actually had the pleasure yesterday of being featured on Classroom 2.0 Live, which is an amazing Saturday morning show that's been uh, a- absolutely a pleasure to work with. I want to say a, a good uh, hello out there out to Peggy. And uh, Peggy was awesome to me the last two weeks trying to get us all hooked up for there. But we did about an hour and 20 minutes or so of what is TeacherCast. And she let me talk and talk and talk. And so I want to say thank you to them. You can check that out over at blog.teachercast.net. And we have all the videos up there as well and all the links, of course. So another big thing happening in the world of TeacherCast. Let me see if I can get over here. We now have 335 subscribers on our YouTube channel. So thank you so much for that. Uh, TeacherCast.net slash YouTube. I think it was this time last year, Sam, uh, Last week, Sam, we only had about 210. So we had a lot of people coming in here to TeacherCast.net slash YouTube and subscribing to our videos and our podcast. So thank you so much for that. And the other big news is that we now are officially on iTunes in one more medium. We now have an iBook, TeacherCast.net slash iBook, and you can download the free TeacherCast book to go along with your TeacherCast app. And of course, all the great stuff happening here at TeacherCast.net. So, uh, I, Sam, I think that's everything that we want to talk about. And um... is
1: that everything, Jeff? If I remember
2: correctly, there was some some conversation last week that you've got an update for us from. What What do you What do you mean? Uh, what, what is it? Project Brad Baby is actually Project Brad Babies?
0: Uh, uh, yeah, uh, I, I guess we could have mentioned that because we mentioned that on the show yesterday. La- last week, uh, Waka actually got me into talking about uh, a little bit of my personal life here. And we mentioned that uh, hashtag TC Baby Chat is on and alive. And uh, my wife and I are expecting a, a, a beautiful addition to our, our brood here. But what I didn't say is that it's not actually one baby. We are actually expecting three babies. And, uh, so the edu-triplets are on their way, and here is a great picture of all three of them. They're doing well, they're doing healthy, and, uh, they have one heck of a heartbeat, and, uh, we are 14 weeks into this journey, and, uh, everybody's doing wonderful, and, uh... That is the update here on TeacherCast. We, uh, uh, we. I
2: hear you're tentatively calling them MacBook and Pro. Is that true?
0: <laughs> um, I, I, I'm not quite sure. I'm allowed to call them that, and I will definitely make sure now that my wife does not hear this, um, Sam. But uh, we, we, we. Well, we're actually yeah. right now. If you really want to go with it, Sam, they're MacBook and Air because they're very, MacBook very tall. Air. Yes. So I, I it's... think
3: you should name them Google yahoo and microsoft
0: and i'd like to introduce our guest for the day uh mr richard cleveland from naked Ape prod richard thank you for joining us how are you i'm doing
3: well man thanks for having me again on the show
0: and uh talk to us a little bit about yourself and tell us everything about uh naked Ape prod
3: well, Naked 8 Productions is a company I formed a couple of years ago, and we started with a comic book and geek culture show called Between the Pages, which we are happy to say is going into its third season come this nice September, season. and we're really uh, excited about that. We're also going to do the very first official season of Popcorn Lobby, which is a show about movies and talking about movies and discussing the ins and outs of going to movies and the movies that we see. And then, of course, we're starting a brand new show in october called amazing plastic there's a brand new community that's been started on google and that's all about the art of scale model building so it's a lot of fun and a lot of good things happening
0: i I saw your google community which if you haven't signed up for that google community please do sam we want to make sure that we put that on our show notes here which is going to be tech educator com slash 23 are we on or is this 24 sam 24 twenty four twenty four. Tech Educator dot com slash twenty four. Um, there was a picture there, Richard, of the Adams family hotel or house. Did I did I see that uh, right? That,
3: the Munsters, Munsters. That the okay. Monsters put up by uh, one of our members on the on the forum or on the community. Uh, is doing a complete uh, setup of the living room from the Munsters, which is a commercial kit that you can buy. And he's just gone the extra step by making the fire glow and doing the little candles and the TV even flickers like you're watching television. It's looking really spectacular.
0: Nice, nice. Well, let's get to talking. And, of course, if you're out there watching, welcome. We are the Tech Educator Podcast, and we are using the hashtag Tech Educator. And on Twitter, we are Tech Ed Show. So if you have any questions for either of us or anything that you'd like to have Richard talk about, um, please let us know. We have Jeff and Sam here who are manning the uh, the Twitter feeds as we go through today. And I want to say thank you, everybody out there, for the baby congratulations. I would be remiss if I didn't ask you guys very, very big to uh, follow and say congratulations to my wonderful wife at BaseGen1. Yes, this is a shameless plug to get her some Twitter followers. But uh, this is... <laughs> is how we do things, and this is how we roll here over at TeacherCast. So, you know, two weeks ago, we started talking about video apps and things that people are using video production for. Last week, we talked a lot about screencasting and how people are using screencasting, and we thought the natural progression for this would be to talk about green screens. Now, Richard, I want to bring you in here. When I first met you back in February, you had this big, big, big screen behind you that you were able to do some amazing things with, and you started talking to me a little bit about green screens. For mm-hmm. those of you out there who are watching who don't know yet, what is a green screen? How does it work? And uh, give us a little basics of you know the, the the science behind it.
3: Well, the science behind green screen is basically taking one color. And eliminating that from your video feed. So, in the case of green screen, you're eliminating the green in the in the background, and you're replacing that with another image, whether it be a picture or a video or something along that line. Uh, most popular in Hollywood are both blue and green screens. Green works much better in the digital world than blue does, but blue had been used primarily in the industry for many many years in hollywood uh, before the advent of digital uh, came along and they still use blue from time to time
0: Hmm. and is this something that is easy to do or is is this something that's run by a program or is it done in post or live or how does one achieve this in a perfect situation
3: well you can do it actually all the ways that you mentioned you can do it live you can do it in post you can do it You can't do it in pre, of course, but you can do it live and you can do it in post, usually with your software or the hardware that you're using. Uh, In the case of Internet broadcasters like you folks, uh, most people are doing it uh, usually in post, Um, Because they're doing the editing and they want to be able to put the images in behind them or put it beside them in the blank space that I seem to have right here. Um, But, uh, yeah, you can can do it that way. But some programs out there now are allowing you to do it live. So you can bring in the image. And it's all a matter of layering that image. So your camera is on, on a layer that is on top of your green screen if that makes sense.
0: So you really are thinking of video like Photoshop, much as a a 3D image, will you? Because like you said, layer on top of layer.
3: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Now, we're looking today not necessarily in the green screens that you see in Hollywood, but we're mostly going to be talking today about ways that the educators out there can use green screens in their classrooms. And I've seen this done a lot with film clubs, but is it easy just to grab a bunch of green paint and spack it on a wall and boom, you have a green screen or what, what is the easiest way that somebody in a classroom situation can have a green screen project?
3: What I would suggest to anybody wanting to put this into a classroom is start small. It's easy to understand the concepts of what green screen can do for you. It's a whole other matter to master those concepts. So first and foremost, get yourself a bright green color. I can see that uh, Sam has got a nice little green set up behind him. That's the perfect green. If you're going to use paint, there's a great paint out there. There's a chroma key paint that you can purchase, which is quite expensive, or you can go to Home Depot and get uh, one of the Disney colors, which is called Gamma Sector Green, for about 25 uh, bucks a gallon. And to be perfectly honest with you, that's the better way to go, in my mind, because it goes on nice and flat. You can paint the wall if you want to paint the wall, and now you have a permanent green screen area. Uh, if you want to have a mobile green screen area, then you want to use cloth. Hmm. And What was the name of that paint again? It's called Gamma Sector Green. Thank you. It is a Disney color on the bare paint
0: uh, chart. Nice, nice. Now, Sam, you've recently been working with green screens, haven't you? You've got one behind you there.
2: Yeah, I've been doing a lot of work with on flipping their class um, and been doing different things with the green screen for a while, and what I've done. Recently, is in support of the work I've been doing with puppets, I actually built a puppet theater that is green screen based. So what you can see here is the PVC frame that's holding up kind of a, the front part of the puppet theater and then there's the taller back part of the puppet theater. So the whole thing makes it so the children, can, the school kids, they can stand in between the two and put the puppet up over that front Barrier, and you can drop in the um, you can drop in an image behind them, or you can actually use the slightly more complicated two-image green screen setup, where you have layer one is an image that's showing up on that front green screen, like a desk or something like that, and layer two is the background. Or it's actually layer three, and layer two you make you know the student image in between the two.
0: Now, now, Richard, would you say that Sam is on the right track for this? Um, obviously, he's just kind of. Doing what he feels is right here. What do you think about a setup like that, and how would you coach him to uh, maybe get the optimal quality video for himself?
3: Uh, well, he's definitely on the right track. My my only concern would be, uh, Sam, is that you bring that front portion out just a little bit more, so you've got a nice separation between the subject and the back green screen. So you've so
2: got that, more space there to avoid shadow.
3: Yes. Yes. Uh, and then light your green screen uh, accordingly. I mean, it's showing up really bright here, but that's probably because of the camera that you're using and the fact that you've got all the classroom lights on. Right. Uh, but, but when you're doing a green screen, typically you want to light it as even as possible, and you'll light it from both sides. Now, i got to get both hands in here. Here we go. So you want to light it from both sides as evenly as possible so the light comes across each other so you don't get a hot spot. Um, and pull your, your fabric a little tighter around the, the frame that you've already built, and okay. that will eliminate shadows as well.
2: Excellent. And I've also seen descriptions that have the two side lights. Knowing that I'm going to aim them across each other is important. I don't think that was clear to me. But I've seen it where there's they describe a third light that's kind of up top also. Mm-hmm. So you've got a top light coming in at an angle, and then the two side ones crossing each other then
3: right uh... that's that's a three-point lighting system for a green screen it's not really necessary on the size that you're using if we were using something that was you know eight feet high six feet wide to accommodate two people then you would probably want to do that what i would recommend for you though is taking a couple of smaller clamp lights and putting them on the top of the green screen and pointing down at the back side of your subject that way it's going to give you a little bit more separation between the green screen and the individual, it also creates a white line as opposed to a black line that we see with most green screen chroma key.
2: Ah, that'll be that'll be helpful because one of the uh, one of the individuals I'll be lighting, while he's the right color, his fuzziness <laughs> is kind of problematic for, uh, especially the more automated green screen selection things. So if I light him kind of from above and be and right. back. I'll get a better definition there, and it won't be the, the fuzziness.
3: Yeah, it's, it's what we call a hair light in the industry. I'm actually using one now, which is right up here uh, in the back corner, to help me separate, and you can see it across my shoulders and across the back of the chair. It just helps to separate me from the live set that I've got behind me. Uh, however, you're, you're achieving the same idea when you do that with on green screen.
0: Now, okay. R- Richard, we have a lot of people here who are asking questions on Twitter. Uh, one of the people is actually DMing me asking if we can get some links. I don't know if you somewhere during the show or maybe after the show you can give us some of your B&H links because um, I know there's some good uh, lighting and and rig set up. Uh, I our buy all guys... my
3: stuff locally. So, oh, okay. <laughs> um, I would just recommend that people go to B&H Photo uh, and just look up green screens. They've got several kits available there's a couple of kits that are a few hundred dollars but you don't have to go that route you can actually make your own for much less
0: mm-hmm. we have a question here from uh jason eitner who is one of our co-hosts here on teacher cast from time to time and he says can you use green screens live during a podcast or during a lesson now I know with you and I it's like in a controlled situation, but do you see a lot of teachers or could this be something that could easily be taken care of in a classroom mm-hmm. or would you want to have this setup you know this is like a permanent setup that you're really looking for if it's a classroom situation or in a film club, let's say
3: uh, yeah, I would, uh, I would try and make it as permanent as I could. Of course, sometimes you're limited by space, and sometimes it's a multi-use space, so you have to tear it down and put it back up and tear it down and put it back up, that kind of thing. Uh, but I would say, uh, based on what he's asking, um, yeah, I, you can do it live. Um, you just have to have the right software or hardware to achieve that. Um, it, and it all depends on what your school's budget is. If your school is using something like Wirecast, which we use uh, to do a chroma key, that's you know, fairly inexpensive. But if you're getting into things like the TriCaster, um, you're looking at a, a lot more expense. But it is it is achievable live, yes.
0: Now, let's just talk about that quickly. And this is kind of off the green screen topic. But what, in, in your opinion, is the difference between going with Wirecast and going with a TriCaster? Now, obviously, a TriCaster is to 15000 on the lower side, whereas you can get away using Wirecast with a regular MacBook Pro. Um, but... Other than the cost, what is the big difference between using a software program and a hardware program?
3: Well, a hardware program is based on the hardware that it's built upon. So you have a different level of support when you're buying something like a TriCaster. You're essentially buying a computer and everything built into one because they do run off the guts of a a computer, essentially. Um, They run off the Intel chipset, so... Uh, They are essentially, at their core, a computer, and their background operating system is usually a Windows-based operating system. Um, When you move to software as opposed to a hardware solution, you still need hardware, but you're coming in at a much lower price. The computer that we have here that runs our Wirecast, we built for about $1,100 and then we added Wirecast, which again is about another thousand dollars on top of that. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, we're, we're you know, twenty one hundred dollars into the machine, not counting cameras. Um, but it works for us. I mean, we didn't have it in our budget to spend seven, eight, nine, ten thousand dollars on a TriCaster, otherwise, we would have.
0: Mm-hmm. Hey, guys, do you guys know of any? I'm getting some questions here. Are there any apps? That natively for the iPad that would be able to use a green screen obviously not live, but are there any apps out there that are able to use it uh, chroma keying like final Cut would, or or like yeah, I be on the desktop I was uh,
2: I was working this morning with um, Touchcast and that one will allow you to screencast with green screen in the background um, really easily so. Let me see if I can get this pointed at the uh, at the touchcast screen here. Uh, Let me yeah, see there it. we go. So you just select one of their templates, and you give it a name, and then under camera and effects, you select green screen, and then suddenly the uh, can see that I've got this gray space behind me that, when I turn green screen off, turns into that green space behind me. we I just you. seeing your
3: hand. hand. We're just seeing your hand.
2: Oh, yeah, sorry. Here we go. Got the green space there? Yes. Excellent. It's kind of sorry. furry. Now it's gray. And I can then turn that recognized gray space into... A familiar teacher cast logo, hopefully. I'm trying to get everything to work together here. <laughs> so, this app allows me to, if I put it in the folder uh, here, I can get a lot more control over what I'm doing. The app allows me to use that uh, green screen background live while I'm recording that screencast.
0: Now, while he's getting that set up, Jeff, do you see any use of green screens? I mean, in the general classroom, are there things or activities that you can think of that the general teacher would be able to use a green screen for? Let's say that they just wanted to try all this.
1: You know, that's a great question. And as we've been kind of talking about the more tech side of it, I've been feeding that kind of discussion on our Twitter feed at the Tech Educator hashtag. Um, You know, I think it's really... It's really going to take some thought, but I think there's a lot of interesting applications. Uh, Kate Baker, who's on Twitter at ktbkr4, uh, has suggested a couple of interesting ideas, like virtual field trips might be kind of cool, um, you know. And as also a neat takeaway for kids to be able to be, you know, at a location or something that they've got taken a virtual field trip to using the green screen background. Um, Also, maybe some sort of broadcasting techniques. Obviously, you're going to be learning the intricacies of green screening, but more like maybe in an English class where they're giving speeches, you know, if they're doing different kinds of speeches, like maybe weather reports, as Kate had mentioned, or um, something that's more specific kinds of delivery of discussion, might be a really interesting way to kind of make it come to life a little bit more and have them focus on um, some of the more practical applications instead of just getting up in front of the class and speaking. So another way that I think
2: that we could use it is you know, wh- what you've dec- talked about there, Jeff, is just kind of taking the standard format of a presentation and adding a more situated element to it. So even if they had produced, say, a PowerPoint, then to put themselves in front of that PowerPoint delivering that PowerPoint, so you have everything that you would have in their presentation, but instead of standing up in front of their class doing it once, they record it, presentation style, using the green screen. They're in front of their own work. They're in front of their PowerPoint. They're in front of their Minecraft mission project, and as it goes through, they explain it. One of the things that the TouchCast app allows them to do is they can actually put a... um, a script that will auto-scroll for them. So they can show what they're going to present, they can plan what they're going to say in their presentation, and then they put the image behind them, and they read their script that they've written for presenting. So it'll actually walk them through the presentation process and sharing that material.
1: That's really cool. And kind of going even along with that, with taking it one step further, Peggy George on Twitter just said, She thinks that green screening would be really great for kids to be able to narrate the classroom activities on the screen. So maybe do a feed of what's going on in the classroom, take that, and then use that as your green screen material and have the kids narrate what they're learning, what they're doing as an activity. And that's a really great reflection tool for the kids themselves to really reflect on what they're doing in the classroom each day.
0: We have a very, very uh, busy... um chat tonight i noticed guys this is really yeah, really it's cool just, it's been fun to keep up with Thanks uh, for everyone yeah, thank you so much for everybody beat. joining up now richard let me talk a little bit about what it takes to put this together we talked about the screen and right. such but we didn't really talk too much about cameras now can a school district get away doing green screen now again i'm not talking about the recording necessarily but if i just use my ipad camera and i wanted to shoot a a set that I have a kid doing like a weather report, let's say, in front of a Mm -hmm. green wall. Is an iPad camera enough? Can I use a webcam? Do I have to go out and buy a $1,000 Sony camera? What kind of camera equipment would a classroom teacher need? Now, again, let's talk classroom teachers here, Richard.
3: Okay. Um, iPads, I'm not familiar with the use of green screen with iPads, so I can't really comment on that. However, uh, we have used it successfully here in my studio with uh, webcams, we've used it with consumer-grade camcorders, Mm -hmm. Um, and we've used it with with high-end professional uh, camera equipment. So yes and yes Mm -hmm. uh, in answer to that question. on your budget, it, you know, it all depends on really where, what, how deep you want to go. Um, if you want to have a really crisp, clean look, a depth of field to you, that kind of stuff, then, of course, you're going to want a higher-end camera. If you just want to get away and just get started, get your feet wet, get yourself a good quality uh, 1080p uh, webcam, Logitech, uh, makes a really good one, the C930 I think it's called
0: now mm-hmm. yep. and, that's, that's um, what I'm using right now actually
3: yeah, and then you've also got uh, Microsoft's LifeCam Cinema
0: mm-hmm.
3: um, or the studio version I prefer the studio version over the cinema um, because you can mount it uh, directly to a tripod, it already has a tripod mount built in, or a tripod thread built into it,
0: and so does the C920 uh, or 930 here
3: oh the 930 has that now as well?
0: yep Yep. There you go. Now, an, an, um, I, an iPad, Richard, does have 1080 resolution, which is the same as these webcams. Yes. Does that mean the aperture is going to be different? And, and does that matter? Or?
3: Well, you got to understand, you're using a completely different set of optics when you're using an iPad as opposed to a webcam or a camcorder. I mean, it's, it's all dependent on how clean you want that signal. 1080p is not always the same. In terms of the optics of the camera, if you've got a little schmutz on your on your camera lens, like we so often have on our on our iPads, you got to really make sure that you've got a nice, clean, crisp camera, and then you've got to put that camera in a specific spot, much like you have to do with a webcam.
2: Richard, I had a question. One thing I've noticed with using I'm using this uh, pretty decent webcam. That's it is an HD webcam. Um, but one of the things I notice is sometimes I get in trouble with the autofocus, especially when it's just the background. Right. That camera seeks the, the focus level a lot. So I end up having to clip a lot of my stuff at the beginning and the end because it doesn't know where my foreground
3: figure is. Well, you can actually turn that off in the, in the preferences of your camera. Oh, okay. There should be a little checkbox there for for auto-zoom or auto-focus, and you can just uncheck that, and uh, it'll give you manual control over the focus. So once you set up the focus for that particular session, you're fine. Once you move to and shut everything down and move to another session, then you have to redo that again.
0: Got it. Thank you. Good ideas. How are we doing on the chat tonight?
1: Chat's awesome. Uh, we're having people discussing uh, some of the camera options now that you guys brought up uh, the camera solutions. And people are just kind of asking questions about different uh, cameras. Well, somebody said they have a Kodak ZI 8 HD and WVGA camera options. Would this work for a green screening? Does anyone have any- uh,
3: well, it's not the camera so much as it is the software or hardware that you're using. It's the end result, whether you're doing it in post or whether you're doing it in uh, in live production. It's not so much the camera is the issue. It's more the software and the other tools that you're going to use. Okay.
2: The uh, Kodak ZI-8 HD is one of those flip-style pocket video cameras. Um so, yeah, it would just depend on what they were putting that into, I guess.
3: Yeah, it's anything that captures an image, you can use with green screen.
0: Now, let's talk a little bit about that setup that you have back there, Sam, because I, I, you know, yeah. you and I were talking about how to build that a while ago, and, and I suggested that you actually watch one of Richard's shows. Now, <laughs> Richard, could you maybe explain what we're looking at there and, and and how to do that? Maybe Sam can talk a little bit about how he did it, too. It seems very easy for any teacher to put together for their classrooms.
3: Well, it really is because I'm assuming, Sam, that you went to the fabric store and found some fabric that was of the right color and and the right texture for you, and you built a frame out of PVC. PVC is probably one of the most inexpensive and underutilized products uh, in anybody's arsenal. Uh, At one time, we went through this entire studio here that I have, And everything was built out of PVC. Our lighting stands were built out of PVC. Our backdrops were built out of PVC. You name it, it was built out of PVC. Um, And this is a great example of how to use PVC, which is a very inexpensive material, uh, to build a set. Hmm. And then he's draped his uh, fabric over and pinned it in place. A couple of recommendations I would have for you on that is instead of using pins as you've rolled it over, I would use clamps, like a spring clamp. Okay. I'm just wondering if I've got one close to me. I don't. Unfortunately, they're all being utilized right now. But uh, a spring clamp to hold it on, you can stretch it, then you can clamp it in place. Because the smoother your green screen, the better the chroma key, and the less the aberration that you have. Uh, and what I mean by aberration is when you are doing a green screen, you see those little black flecks down in the corner right, or up in the corner because it's not getting enough light or because there's a shadow because your, your material is not pulled taut enough. Um, in this case, what I would recommend is that you start with two clamps at the top, stretch your fabric down, clamp it at the bottom, and that should take care of some of the wrinkle issue that you have.
0: Are wrinkles something that you need to worry about with green screens, Richard?
3: They can be, depending on the software that you're using to to do the chroma keying. Um, If you're using something like a TriCaster, I've seen green screens that have been crumpled up in a pile for weeks on end, and they just hang them uh, with a couple of real quick hooks, and they've got droops and shadows and all kinds of stuff in them. But the way that the TriCaster is set up, that doesn't matter. Now, I know. But in software, you have to worry about that a little bit more.
0: Now, a few years ago, before I got into, you know, more like Final Cut, there is a product on the shelves, even at Best Buy, called Pinnacle. And it's a great little PC-based software for video editing. I highly recommend it for anybody who's getting in. Usually for PCs, you've got two different options. On the lower and commercial market, you've got Sony Vegas and you've got Pinnacle. And maybe you guys can can fill in a few more here. But that's before you get into the... uh, the, the Adobe Premiers and stuff like that. But, you know, it's about $100. And usually if you spend about 120 bucks or so, you get their Ultimate Edition. And that's what I was actually buying year after year after year. And every time I would buy their Ultimate Edition, they actually gave me a free green screen every single year. So I've got these really nice green screens. And, you know, the concept of just taking these green screens and putting PVC around it, it's almost, it's too easy sometimes. I mean, any elementary teacher who really wants to try some neat technology out can easily put a, a PVC screen together, put their put their green screen over top of it, maybe try it with an iPad and see what happens, I guess. Jeff, would you well, recommend that for any of your teachers, just, just going out and trying things?
1: Absolutely. I mean, I think that's one of the nicest things. And it, you know, it totally depends on, I guess, the climate of your building. But especially in ours, we really love the opportunity for teachers to be able to go out and try something. I mean, we've had teachers say, hey, if I go out and buy a can of whiteboard paint, can I paint one of my walls in my classroom? Well, absolutely. I think that's awesome. Why wouldn't you try something like that? The worst that happens is you paint over it because it didn't work right. Um, I, I, I totally am in agreement with the idea that teachers should be given the self-motivation or self-efficacy to be able to go out and just say, hey, This is an idea I've had. I heard this on Twitter. I heard this on Tech Educator Show. And I really would like to try this out. I'm going to go and do it. Can I have your backing? And I would hope that most administrators would say yes. And if there's any administrators watching this, you know, really know that it takes some guts to try something new in your classroom and not have it fail miserably. So what I would really want you to do is to make sure that you're supporting the teachers, giving them what they need to be able to be successful and uh, you know, I, I think it's great for teachers to be able to do that kind of stuff.
0: Now, Richard, we have a question coming in here from Twitter from the great and beautiful Kate Baker, a great New Jersey teacher who just came back from EdmodoCon, by the way. And she's wondering, can you do this with a Google Chromebook? And, of course, a Google, Google Chromebook, for those who don't know, is a web-based device. There's it's, it's all flash-based memory. There's really, really small hard drive. So really my question to you, Richard, is can you do green screen on an app that's online is there is there somewhere online that can do video editing that you know of um we've talked about a, a website called WeVideo, which is online based uh, web editing and collaboration and stuff like that but do you know of a way to uh, for to do this in an online based environment
3: wow no i actually don't and and uh that i'm gonna now you got me wanting to look something up Great, thanks, Jeff. <laughs> Check. I I, I
0: would say, I would say, Richard, if you haven't checked that Wee video, you might be interested in that because it is online video collaboration, where you and somebody else can actually edit the same video. It's not like a Google Doc, which is, right. you know, at the same time collaboration. But Sam and I were actually using it once to work on a video project, and it's so much nicer than here. Let me throw everything up on Dropbox. You download it, you edit it. Let me, you know, you can do the same project, but I. I don't know if we video. Maybe Sam knows. I don't know if we video has chroma key, but uh, are there any suggestions, Jeff? Do you know of anything out there? I don't, to be honest. Um,
1: I would love to. I'm really not up on the technical backside of green screening. I was kind of riding off of all three of your coattails uh, throughout the most most of the discussion on this. I can see a lot of practical application, but I just am not really up on the technological background of it. So. I don't have very many good suggestions for that.
3: Hmm. I actually have one suggestion for anybody wanting to try to do green screen in post. Um, Right now, and this is still available from Adobe, you can go to Adobe and download the complete CS2 Master Suite, which has Adobe Premiere Pro in it as part of it, and you can play around with video editing and video um, chroma keying and all the other things that go along with, video production with that master suite and here's the best part cost you nothing
0: did did you say cs2 cs2 wow we we need the link for that wow adobe has made it available
3: to anybody who wants to try this product um it comes with a full-blown license uh so it's everything is unlocked it's legal to use Um, Adobe has changed the way they do things now. You don't normally go out and buy commercial software from them anymore. They're going to a rental system uh, where you basically rent their software, but you can get CS2 as a full-blown download, and I recommend it to anybody who's getting into video production to kind of get their feet wet with the Adobe products on the PC side anyway.
2: So, one of the things, that's a really great tip. Um, I've been in several workshops these past couple of weeks with teachers where we've ended up talking a lot about green screen and looking at different tools. And some of the most popular and accessible tools for teachers to do green screen include iMovie, which comes native on the Macs. Right. And on the PC side, they're looking a lot at Camtasia. And both of those are um, the remove background color style uh, green screens with some pretty good results. The people I've seen who are doing the best work though are using something like Adobe After Effects and doing masks where they'll actually mask the subject in right. order to be able to do a much more exact um, a much more exact pairing of the green screen and not worrying so much because so often they um, I forget what you called it Richard but the static that shows up is, you know, at the, the, aberrations. Top of the, picture, yeah. the aberrations. Yeah, that's at the top of the picture or the bottom of the picture. So by using that green screen mask, they get much more uh, exact work.
3: Right. Yeah, I, I recommend anybody go down and, and uh, on the P, I believe that it's also available on the Mac platform as well, the CS2 uh, Master Suite. So just go check it out at Adobe Downloads and uh, just type in CS2. Uh, free download and i'm sure you'll be able to find that in your uh, google search
0: i want to give a big shout out to marlin ning who's actually watching us from hong kong right now guys Oh, wow. And so, hello, Marlon. I I don't know what day, time, or uh, anything about that, but that is really, really cool. And of course, if you're interested in uh, subscribing to our shows, you can at TeacherCast.net slash YouTube, where we have all of our great TeacherCast products. And of course, TeacherCast.net slash iTunes. We are doing uh, extremely well in keeping you up to date with the latest and greatest in technology as we go through um this has been an amazing show not that we're wrapping up yet but i know we have a very very healthy twitter stream if you have any questions we are again using the hashtag tech educator and you can of course reach out to teacher cast or inst tech talk or sam patui or richard what's your twitter feed there uh
3: you can reach us at NakedApeProd, our productions actually naked Ape productions
0: on twitter and that's naked underscore Ape underscore, yes. And we have that up right now. Talk to us a little bit about more about Naked Ape Prod. How did you start it? How does one get into broadcasting? Um, you know, we have a lot of students that that might want to go into this field. What would you suggest a teacher do who might not know anything about broadcasting that has a student that likes to use cameras and is really advancing in their film club studies?
3: Uh, what I would suggest first and foremost is to watch other people. Watch other podcasts, watch other live stream uh, shows that may be out there. Learn what you like and learn what you don't like. And those things that you don't like, find a way to improve upon them. That way you're going to be a much better broadcaster in the long run. I have a long-standing career in broadcasting and entertainment business, so for me it was kind of natural moving into uh, going online and doing something on my own without having to worry about you know the corporate wheel, as it were. Um, So I went and I invested in equipment, and, you know, now this has become my own little kind of Frankenstein lab (laughs) as it goes. But uh, I think that any teacher that wants to encourage their students to pursue broadcasting or film or anything along that line, this is definitely now the starting point to use because the Internet is free, and we can put anything we want on the Internet.
0: Very true. Richard, we have a couple more questions coming in here. Um, you know, by the way, man, thanks for so much for stopping by today. Hey, no worries, brother. Um, a lot of questions coming up here actually about lighting. Now, I want to quickly flash through my screen, Jeff's screen, your screen, and Sam's screen because we all have different okay. lighting. And, of course, I'm saying right. this as I'm turning on lights because it's, it's almost 8 <laughs> o'clock and the sun's about to go down. But I'm looking at, at Jeff's screen, and he's in his living room. Or in his office here, and he's got sun coming out of one of his windows, and I can see there's a light to his left shoulder. What would you suggest for him to light his office better to be doing uh, broad podcasting like we do?
3: Okay. I would first start with a light that was more directional in front of you, Jeff. Okay.
1: just because that
3: side light, that's a great idea with having the side light and diffusing it with the shades and that sort of thing, but uh, I would certainly try and have your lights balanced. Now you look very dark, so right. turn that
0: light back on.
1: Yep. I just wanted to show you what it looked like.
0: Yeah. I didn't mean to put you guys on the spot. I'm just trying to help oh, out our funny, viewers. No worries. <laughs> the, the, problem, the problem that you
3: have with the light in front of you is that it doesn't evenly cast light across you. If you're looking at my screen now, you can see that the light underneath my chin um, is not as harsh as, say, the light underneath your chin.
1: Yeah, for sure.
3: Because I'm using light that covers me from basically chest to top of my head. So it takes out some of that darker shadow underneath.
0: Now, Richard, I, I noticed that behind you, and, and this isn't pick on everybody, Dad, but I noticed behind you with your shield, you are getting reflection off of that. Is that just because of the lights you've got now, or is that not what you use for your show? Or
3: uh, no, actually, I have a, I bought a spotlight from my local lighting store that actually lights up the shield now. Oh, cool. If I would turn that off, the shield would go very dull. Um, so yeah, I have a light that actually lights up the shield. So because the shield is actually metal, it's reflecting some of the other lights that are on the ceiling.
0: Now let's take a look at Sam's setup, who is of course in his school and he's got back sunlight right behind him. He's got the the, the lights above him and you know, these are the situations that a teacher is going to have. This is the classroom typical situation. Um, what would you recommend for this? I would
3: definitely recommend a clamp light of some sort on a pole in front of uh, of Jeff, or pardon me, not Jeff, but Sam, just to take out that really dark shadow that we're seeing across um, from his nose to the right side of his face, or to the left side of his face, pardon me. See, now he's he's got these dark circles under his eyes. His mouth is kind of muted into the rest of his chin. That, that's Sam. By turning, What's that? That's, that's,
0: <laughs> you, you, you don't watch the show on a regular basis.
3: So. Um, what I would do is I would light Sam a little bit more from the front by having a key light and a fill light uh, as opposed to having so much backlight. He needs two lights in front of him to kind of balance out the light.
0: Are these okay. lights? Uh, there's a lot of people asking here, Richard. But are these lights expensive? I mean, is this a $50 investment? Is this a $150 investment for for? I'm gonna say classroom-style lighting, but then I also want to ask the same question as far as um, broadcast room-style lighting. Okay.
3: Yes and no, and I'm gonna ask your audience to make sure they're sitting down because I don't want them to fall over yet.
0: I don't know. I, okay. I, I asked the same thing before I mentioned the triplet. So go ahead. So
3: so everybody, sit down. When you're sitting down, we'll continue. All right, everybody sitting down now. All right. So you can spend fifteen dollars on a shop light, which is a clamp light that a lot of us see in Hope Depot has a really big silver can on it. You put the light in, you're done. That's fifteen dollars. The bulb that goes into that, you can buy a six pack. Of daylight balance bulbs, I want to stress daylight balance bulbs because they give a nice daylight light. All my lights in here are daylight balanced. That's why I have no yellow casting on me, um, as opposed to Jeff over at the front end, who's using a tungsten bulb, which gives him more of a warmer look. Hmm. Interesting. So by buying these cans uh, or these clamp lights or shop lights, whatever they're called in your local hardware store. Um, they're about ten to fifteen dollars a piece. You get a, you get three of those, so you're looking at forty five dollars in fixtures, and you buy a six pack of bulbs for ten bucks. So fifty five dollars, you have a complete lighting system for doing any type of internet broadcast or picture taking. Awesome. Or,
1: <laughs>
0: or, or, or <laughs> puppet shows.
1: <laughs> or puppet shows.
3: No, I'm I'm
2: just thinking if we're all sitting down. We're not sitting down for forty five dollars in lights.
3: Or yes, <laughs> or you can spend thousands of dollars on things like Kinaflows LED lighting. Um, Kinaflow is a brand of, of lighting that is typically used on a lot of stages, a lot of uh, television sets. They use it and on a lot of film sets. Nice, um, and these can start at about four to five hundred dollars a fixture. Wow, and really, all they are is a, uh, believe it or not, but a garage light that is in a different fixture that has two fluorescent bulbs in it with some big barn doors on either side. So if I'm reading between the lines here,
2: Richard, you would say that the teachers who are going out and spending 45 bucks to get her done, as long as they're doing the daylight balanced bulbs, really aren't going to be noticing a giant production value difference in the work they're producing for and with their students?
3: Uh, Yes and no. I mean, that, that question, depending on what they're doing, if it's just one individual sitting there in front of the camera, three lights is perfect, and $45 or $50 in materials to get the job done is fine and dandy. But if you want to have a larger group of people, you're going to need more lights. Uh, Do you want lights that throw more? Of course you do. Uh, In here right now, on me, I have one hair light. I have one, two, three lights on that are on the ceiling shining down. And then I have another light, which I'm using as my fill light, which is kind of down on a floor stand and being diffused by a large diffusion disc.
0: Richard, do you still have a camera that faces behind you? Or do you have another camera view that you could give us?
3: Uh, well I guess I can. Let me just grab the uh, the webcam. Hang on. Alright.
0: Okay so I, I here's love a- how we're here with a with, with doing a show with my favorite Canadian and he's sporting the real American hero on his shirt.
3: Well of course.
2: And the Captain America Shield <laughs> and in the back. Captain
0: background. America Shield.
2: Okay. Some all kinds so if you look
3: up on the ceiling, so there's that spotlight that I was talking about, the little black thing that you can see. You can see I'm in a basement here. Now, you see that long white fixture there? Yep. That is a garage shop light, which I picked up at Walmart for $10, and I think I paid another $10 for a two-pack of bulbs, uh, which, here's the key, are daylight-balanced. Okay, so they match all of my other lighting. And if you look up here, you can see that, see that can right there with the clamp? Yes. Yeah, so i made my own diffusion to go on top of those. Um, but uh, yeah, that's just a, a $15 clamp light. Well, they're $15 in Canada, so they're much less at, at Home Depot in the U.S. And all that's in there is a daylight balance bulb. Now over here, you see I've got this big diffusion disc. And that is my key light, or my fill light. Pardon me. And all that's doing is it's just bringing in a little bit more color into this area of my face, and not making it so dark.
0: That makes sense. And uh, we 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 adore the Bubba Fett behind you.
3: Oh, thank you. And the mess that is going on in my studio right now. I'm building models. I'm designing shows. I'm I'm filming stuff. It's it's pandemonium here.
2: So, on the, the amazing plastic community, to ask you a question, that's totally off topic. Are you getting into, I mean, it would seem like with the advent of 3D printing, this would be a very exciting time to be doing modeling.
3: Uh, yeah, we are going to be talking a little bit about that as, as time permits and as we have some of the community members share what they're doing with 3D printing, but typically what we're looking at is the hobby of scale model building. Um, So you go out to your local hobby store, you buy yourself a kit, and you start putting it together. Well, if you've never built a kit, and in in a lot of cases younger people haven't done that, um, we're giving them the opportunity to learn from some experts. We have some great guys that are definite experts in the industry of, of scale model building. They build models for a living and charge anywhere you know, from uh, you know nine to a thousand dollars, all the way up to fifty, sixty thousand dollars to have a model professionally built.
2: Nice. See, so if I had had access to a community when I was like twelve, building models of the IRS building on fire. And someone had said to me that could actually be a living. You know, that that could have been a game changer. So that sounds like an exciting yeah. community to be part of.
0: You, awesome. mean, you mean there's a chance that we wouldn't have Waka in our lives?
2: <laughs> no, just Walker would have like a nicer set, I think. You know, I am he was inevitable on some level, I'm sure.
0: Wait a minute, we're talking about Waka's set now. <laughs> I think that's acceptable. I'd like to uh, do a little wrap-up now. Jeff, there's a lot of great stuff happening over here on this show. I want to, of course, give a big shout-out to Peggy, who was right on the ball here with all of these links. Uh, Jeff, they're throwing out a ton of iPad apps. Do you want to do a little recap there, or can you show us, share with us what they're talking about?
1: Uh, I remember Peggy talking about Vscope. To be honest, I just got back in the feed, and uh, my whole Internet... Society has been destroyed by Comcast here. So. <laughs> well,
2: she's uh, talking about... I, I can I can swipe in for thanks, the save here. She's it. talking a little bit about green screen movie effects. And one of the users at EdCamp, uh, SFA yesterday, downloaded this during lunch and was using it after our green screen session. And he was pretty quickly able to do a... He took his lunch wrapper and he put it in the middle of Morro Bay virtually. I was like, wow, virtual pollution, that's cool. Um, But it actually looked really good. And he was able to do it on the fly on his uh, tablet. What I showed earlier was TouchCast. And that seems to have a pretty good green screen ability to it. Uh, I'm not sure if there's a Vscope full Um, will allow you to shoot the green screen video with iPad. That's the other one that Peggy put forward. I had not looked at that one yet. But yesterday, I thought, oh, there aren't any apps that do green screen on the tablet. Well, now we know of at least three, which means there's at least 25, which means by tomorrow, there's going to be 150. (laughs) Um, So I think that's the kind of thing that we can expect to get better and better. But what we have to do as teachers is ask, okay, so what difference does it make if I have the ability to go live green screening. What's that going to get for me? Um, I see a payoff as a teacher if it means I don't have to do post-production work because I love video as a tool for student text creation, uh, student digital media creation, but I know that the time to edit can really be a barrier to some teachers and students. So I love the ability to do finite work in tools like Camtasia, Adobe After Effects, CS Studio. But I think that the more we can do this on the fly without interrupting our workflow, without going through it a second time necessarily, the more we're going to be able to bring people into it and encourage, get them enough success that they're willing to go on and learn the more complicated platforms.
0: And just wrapping up, would you agree with that, Richard? I mean, the fact that you know you and I are running this with Wirecast, there really isn't any major editing that we have to do because you know this program that you're out there watching right now, we're producing on the fly. After this show, I take it into Final Cut, I snip up the ends basically, and then really just send it up to YouTube. It takes no more than an hour to put together this show. Richard, is, is that basically what we're looking at here? By using these tools, by oh, yeah. using green screen, it really saves all the after time?
3: It sure does. Um, but again, getting your green screen right is, is a key element to that. Um, unless you're going to do it in post. And then, of course, you have a lot more editing time involved in that. Uh, but yes, using uh, using software to do a live show with that has a green screen, chroma key ability is always a good thing. And I recommend that to anybody. And, you know, being an a, um, unofficial sort of spokesman in the Wirecast camp, I recommend Wirecast first and foremost for teachers, for educators, uh, for just about any industry out there that wants to get started with the exception of sports because there is a much better product out there for sports.
0: Nice. Richard, I want to say thank you so much from the Tech Educator and TeacherCast community for coming on. Why don't you one more time plug uh, Naked Ape and talk to us a little bit about what you have going on here and how we can follow you.
3: Well, Naked Ape Productions right now is on hiatus, so there's not a lot of... Of action going on on the website or our Facebook page but uh, we are gearing up for a brand new season of Between the Pages which is coming the second week in September. Jason and I will be back talking about comic books and geek culture and all the stuff that goes along with that and uh, we are also going to start the first official season of Popcorn Lobby which is not a general audience show but we talk about movies and we have a comedian on our panel. We have a couple of other guys that are comic book and and movie aficionados, so we all kind of get together and geek out over film once a week. And uh, then in October, we are starting Amazing Plastic, a brand new show about the hobby of scale model building.
0: And do you still have a live show Tuesdays at 3.30?
3: Uh, I still uh, do do a show with uh, Stephen Haywood over at the Tech Buzz. It's called Broadcast Now. I'm a co-host on that show. I've been away for the last couple of weeks because I've been on a movie or a television set working uh, on uh, other other projects that are television related.
0: Nice. And I would highly recommend that if you have any questions over green screens or any of this stuff, and you can't find it out from the Tech Educator podcast. Definitely <laughs> check out a show like Broadcast Now. Not only are Stephen Richard a you know just wealths of information, but uh, it, it, it's a very good, informative show. And that's again what live Tuesdays is it three thirty Eastern, or is it three o'clock? Three thirty Eastern. Yeah. three thirty Eastern 3:30 over years. at the TechBuzz and uh, lots of great stuff coming out of there. Jeff, before your internet dies again, where yeah, could, what God. do we have going on this week with uh, instructional tech talk? Uh,
1: Well, this week I'm going to work on kind of cleaning up the site a little bit. I'm going to be putting out some new information for new teachers about technology tools that are relatively easy to implement in your classroom, um, you know, along with getting used to the new building that you've started in or the new students that you're encountering. So uh, just kind of easy ways to get incorporated, start incorporating technology into your classroom. Um, So I'm excited to be talking about that this week.
0: Nice. And uh, Sam, what do you have going on this week with the Patui Network? Patui, we're doing
2: an awesome Patui 2.0 chat. I have two longtime friends who both saw the light and changed careers and became educators who are going to be on talking live with us about how to be a good teacher and how to be a good substitute teacher. And that's also going to be the topic of Patui chat. We're going to have Lisa Dabbs from the new teacher chat helping co-moderate that. So it ought to be a real lively conversation as teachers talk about... The difficult position of being a substitute teacher and when you come in even wanting to do the best you possibly can in that situation what is that and how do you do it
0: nice and uh next week please join us again at sunday nights at seven o'clock eastern uh 4 p.m pacific sam there uh what time is it calgary here richard
3: in calgary right now it is 602 so it's dinner time
0: so uh five o'clock pacific and uh Four o'clock I don't know. I'm getting it's 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 seven o'clock Eastern, everybody. Check us out each and every week. Of course, if you're looking for all of our archives, you can find it right here at Tech com, and this is going to be com slash 24 and because we have a bunch of people that are looking to see this picture one more time and I'm just giddy as a schoolgirl that is a picture of my three wonderful triplets so congratulations again to my wife if you are out there and you want to follow her she is at Base Gen one and uh, I, I don't think a tech edu- What? W- w- wait 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 a minute wait a minute wait wait Sam Sam, Sa- Sam, what do you? Sam, no bad.
2: No, Sam's not here.
0: What, Sam? What do you, Sam? <laughs> Sam, what do you? W- Waka, hi. He,
2: he went for coffee. Hi. He's only on till five.
0: Uh, Sam, uh, Waka, how are you? I heard Ed Camp was great for you yesterday. There was a lot of people tweeting you.
2: Lots of tweets, lots of pics. I felt like a celebrity. It was very nice.
0: I I, heard- I understand that Sam is building a green screen to uh, wash you out of the screen. Is that correct?
2: No, that's the first I've heard about that. He and I are going to have to
0: talk. Uh, how are things there with, with Dewey? And uh, is, is he okay? I, did, was he able to get into Ed Camp? Was he too young? He, he had to stay home. There, there
2: were some youngins at Ed Camp, but uh, I left him
0: home. How, and and for those of you who are looking for more information, Waka, of course, can be found at what new website?
2: waka no no not 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 waka waka com. we don't have that one we do have org. P a t u e dot org. check it out plenty of information on me and the rest of the edu puppets more soon
0: excellent and of course you can check out the tech educator podcast the tech educator com. and of course all of our great archives can also be found on teacher cast download our brand new ibook teachercast.net slash iBook. Thank you so much for watching. We will be back next week talking about the tech that you can use in your classroom, especially if you are starting out your teaching career. We'll be back then. And until that time, keep up the good work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions with your students. Good night, everybody.